I was like, you know what? I think we're good. Like we did it the days and, and then I, came I think in we hot. didn't, I, I was like, I think we don't have to do today. I think it's fine. You know? And you were just like, no, oh, no, we're doing this. Oh, yeah. This is happening, yeah. you know? And, and then that just felt so good to me mm-hmm. because there are these moments when I'm feeling all the feels or uh, you're kind of freaking out about the fact that it actually works. And like life is going to change forever where I'm like, did I ruin our lives? <laughs> like, did I pressure him into something that he didn't actually want to do? And now he's trapped and we can't take it back. Mm-hmm. And we wanted this, you know, we want this. And so. we do want this. And I think that dynamic is fairly common amongst men and women yeah. is like the woman's ready. She's like, we're doing this. And the guy maybe feels a little bit of the called the masculine imperative of freedom slipping when really all it's doing is transitioning into something that's more like a higher purpose. And yeah, I'm done feeling that shift and it feels clunky at times, but really righteous and really appropriate. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Chick, a Soulfire production. Mm. OMG. This is a big one. We're pregnant. Whoa. I did it. You did it. I, I didn't back. know which one of us was going to say it. I was feeling it. Feeling it. Mm-hmm. Channeling. Come on. We're pregnant. Holy Cannoli. Shitsky. Oh, cannoli. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the point of this recording, we are, that's such a funny thing. We are. Are we? We are pregnant. We are pregnant. Uh, that feels more true than like you're pregnant because obviously physiologically I am you pregnant. are pregnant. Right. But it's our child. Yeah. I had a part in this. You and it did. Feels like we we definitely are having this experience together. Yeah, but surely you're your experience is very different. Not experiencing in a lot of ways. all of the things that I am experiencing, <laughs> nope. and you probably never will. Up until maybe the past week or two, I thought you were full of shit in a lot of ways too. Really? Kind You're of. serious. I'm a little serious for sure. Okay. Yeah. Talk about it. <laughs> Tell everyone how full of shit you thought I was about well, how I felt. First things first, let me just say, I love you so much. Okay. My wife is the most adorable woman in the world. It's scientifically a fact. (laughs) Okay. Now tell everybody how you thought I was full of shit. So you're married to someone who's absolutely (laughs) delusional that can't be trusted with her own feelings and sensations and emotions. You can just leave those up to me. Okay, great, great. I'll make sure that they're right. If you wouldn't mind just mansplain (laughs) all of what I've been going through over the last, I don't know, 12 Uh, weeks or so. Don't mind if I do. Okay, great. Great. To do that. Welcome to the show, y'all. Yeah. So- you are at officially 12 weeks right now and yeah. coming to the tail end of the first trimester. Well, and for the last, let's say eight weeks, probably in particular, when did we find out? We found out at three and change, three, three and change. Yeah. So maybe like the past six weeks, there's been a lot of physical challenges for you and yeah. Pretty much every like morning sickness, those things, those cliches, but also very real experiences. Was it only in the morning. Was it only in the morning? It's kind of all day, every day, yeah. even when I'm sleeping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's, I've, we're going to tell some fun stories Great. on this podcast. And to that point, one that comes to mind, this was, yeah, maybe within the first few weeks that we knew, I am awoken in the middle of the night to a sound that is like, what is this sound? 
it's my baby chewing on a beef stick at like three <laughs> in the morning, the dead of the night, it's pitch black in our room. And I hear she has like a click in her jaw. So I hear the click and I hear the chewing and I smell the beef. <laughs> it wasn't, it was turkey. It was a, it was a turkey chomps. It was a turkey chomps. It was a and, turkey chomps. And so I, I, I like, I, and I knew what was happening. This was part of me being a kind of an asshole. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. What's happening? Yep. And it's in those moments when I know you're being dumb <laughs> that I want to be like, are you dumb right now? Like, do you want to play this? You know what? I decided I don't like the color of the bedroom. I'm fucking painting. What? I'm painting the bedroom. That's what I'm doing. In the middle of the night oh. at 3 a.m. and it <laughs> smells like turkey and your wife is pregnant. I'm baking a cake. I'm reorganizing your shoes. Like, what did you think I was doing? Yeah. It's it's funny because as we're just talking about this, it's I think this is a a very common dynamic for couples is and just for people in general. It's maybe a human experience. Is in that moment, I was woken up and I was annoyed and offended for being oh, yeah. woken up. Oh yeah. And in order to combat that feeling, it's projecting that onto you of like, what are you doing? Like you, if I'm annoyed, you need to be annoyed too. Yes. But doing it in a way where I'm acting like I don't know what's happening or I'm like, feigning concern. Oh, exactly. Feigning concern or like, yeah. Like I was woken up like, Oh, is everything okay? I know everything's okay. I know exactly what's happening, but in my, and it's in those moments where like you have that kind of soft (laughs) way of manipulating too, where it's like, is everything okay? And I, and I want to go, what the fuck? Like, I want to, I want to be like, you know, everything's okay. I kind of like want to like, if back at you with like a little bit of aggression, because I'm like, uh-huh. you are being, you think that your version of this like projection story is superior or more agreeable and acceptable because you do it in a soft way. Uh-huh. Cause he, he pretends to be caring. Listen to this woman. She thinks she knows me and oh, she yeah. clearly does a lot. <laughs> I sure do. And I know it in well. those moments, I, I'm less resourced, you know, or I still do. In the middle of the night, woken exactly. in the middle of the night, you're less resourced. I definitely still do versions of that often, a lot less often than a previous version of myself. And it's a lot more uh, subtle slash, I guess, better. I think <laughs> Not you, as aggressive. and I'm, ag- I'm actually aggressive. Yes. Um, she beats me y'all. <laughs> <laughs> when I say I'm actually aggressive, I mean with my energy, yeah. it, it gets big, it flows out, it kind of like. What's the, the personality types? Yeah. I'm endurer, right? And you're aggressive? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So like when I get kind of flustered, notice I say flustered or activated, <laughs> not triggered per se, because those to me register differently. But in those moments when I'm feeling a lot of sensation, it kind of comes up through my system and out. Like <laughs> if I'm feeling things and I'm saying nothing and I think to me, I'm keeping my shit together. People in the room can tell like Alexa is uh-huh. a ticking time bomb. <laughs> and for you, it's like we're perfectly partnered because yeah. you partner with this you know, and, and there's an attachment figure of sorts from your life that yep. was like this, that you just wanted to kind of calm them down. Yes. Yeah, and so, so we are perfect, perfectly like, matched like that. You'll definitely. take it on. You represent my mom in a lot of ways. Yes. And, and you just want to make mom feel better and you're a good boy and everything's yep. okay and kind of yep. um, placate or people please. Yeah. And I, in a lot of ways, act like my dad in that way where I'll disassociate, I'll kind of shut down or maybe more subtly, I'll just want to keep the peace. Yeah. Any who's old. Back to the pregnancy stuff. Back to the pregnancy stuff. Okay. So that's so, one fun story amongst many we'll share. We do. We have many fun stories mm-hmm. that we've accumulated over the last, I would say 12 weeks, but you guys know if you're listening, 
this journey has been going for us for a while. Almost a year. So yeah, we're coming up to about a year when we had our first conversation, like our first real conversation of, I think we're going to do this. I think we're going to stop trying not to be pregnant. Do you want to tell them a little bit about that? I don't think we've ever talked about that, that experience. Oh, we were high. We, we were, <laughs> uh, we were high. We were on uncle cousin, uncle cousin, <laughs> uh, which is our affectionate, affectionate name for yep. ketamine. <laughs> yep. Special K no. medicine. So every, you know, we don't do that very often and we certainly don't do that now. And it was like an every so often substance that we would leverage in order to create uh, a particular kind of scene for ourselves, typically pretty healing, sometimes um, incorporating sex magic. And we usually would take our time with it yeah. and so set intentions fun, so and really be playful with each yeah. other. And so it was on one of those experiences that I think you like looked over to me and you were like, what are we waiting for? Yeah. And I was like, I've been saying that. What are we waiting for? Uh-huh. Yeah. It was a very opening experience. That's something I genuinely like about medicine in general. And that one particularly, there's many reasons why I'm a big fan of it. And I can also, there's a shadow uh, that I see a lot of people. Sure. Yeah. But I, I'm really appreciative of us. Well, I like that we're both like our relationship to substances, Mm. both of us I feel trustworthy to myself and you feel trustworthy to me. We don't have a kind of relationship. Each of us individually don't have a relationship with substances that is a cause for concern. Um, and that feels really good because I've been in other, I've been in relationship with people that I couldn't trust around that. Mm -hmm. And I've been in relationship with someone who was a recovering and an active addict. And so that's, you know, to feel peace and ease with regards to substances is great, but it's yeah. not what the show is necessarily about. It was about, I mean, this show is about yeah. the whole pregnancy thing. And that was really in the moment when you were like, okay, so what are we waiting for? And I looked mm. at you and I was like, exactly. What are mm. we waiting for? And so we could say that that was really the moment that the portal opened Yep, of sorts. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that was, I think June of last year, last summer. Or something so, like and that. at the time we were 33 or you were 34 and I was 33. Yeah. This Almost wasn't 34. last. Yeah. yeah. This is last. It was. And so that started the like we're open to it but not necessarily actively trying and and if you've been listening and following along for a while then you will know the whole story here that essentially turned into actively trying pretty quickly we right had, away there's no we, such thing I've, I've never heard of the actual experience of saying okay we're not not trying anymore and we're like casually open no i think especially really for the woman for me no and i don't I think tried. that you're all that unique in that regard. No. We've had conversations with others around this. Like once we say we're not, not trying, we're trying. Yeah. Make no mistake. Sure. And, you know, kind of to fast forward the recap in that regard, we, our marker was we're going to Burning Man mm-hmm. and we're open to, if we get pregnant before Burning Man, cool, we'll just roll with it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise we're going to go to Burning Man and then when we come back, then we're, gonna we're really going to go really intentional it. track, yeah. like the exact day kind of thing. And I mean, and I already knew some of those things, but you know, with travel and different life things and just the way that it all shook out, we didn't hit the window of mm. opportunity spot on until after we were back yep. from Burning Man. And then relatively quickly after Burning Man, um, we actually got pregnant mm. and 
wound up having an early miscarriage. And so um, we did a whole episode on our pregnancy journey. Um, A couple of weeks or maybe a week or so after the miscarriage happened, we recorded an episode. It was a really hard episode to record. It was just so moving and so touching and for so many reasons. And I'm glad that I have it documented, you know, exactly how I felt going through that and you too. And we learned so much through that process. And I actually think... You know, and I'll just like preface and say, you and I are pretty grounded people. We love living on earth. (laughs) We are very earth oriented people, meaning, you know, we have lots of conscious community in air quotes and spiritual community around us. And I would consider us to live a very conscious and intentional life, but we're not airy fairy kind of people. That's just like such a turnoff to me. Like I, I definitely have my feet firmly planted on the ground. I know you are a little bit more of head in the clouds than maybe even I am. So when I say some of the next bits, I understand they're a little out there, mm-hmm. you know, they may be a little bit woo. So I believe that the miscarriage, it has its own biological reasons. It happens. It's so common. So many people in my community have experienced that and then gone on to have healthy babies right behind it. There's all these reasons, right? My body's never gone to do that thing in a sense. You know, the midwife at the time was like, your body is so wise. That was my favorite thing she said to me because, you know, it registered that something wasn't right with the process of the duplication of the cells and the, or the implantation. And so my body realized that very early on and then understood this is not a viable pregnancy and all that. So I think we hadn't even spoken publicly about the fact that even after the miscarriage happened, at first we thought it was pretty cut and dry and straightforward. And then we actually, I actually didn't complete the miscarriage, meaning that I had some retained tissue in my uterus. And so I wound up needing to go back into the doctor's office. I I felt like I was getting blood drawn every other day. I wound up needing two shots, like a shot in each butt cheek of a drug called methotrexate, which is a chemotherapy drug that (laughs) completed the miscarriage. And then as I was starting to bleed from this medically induced, you know, process, we moved. (laughs) And so we had like a lot of life stuff going on. I was grieving. We were moving. It was physically right around then. You had a men's retreat. It was just, it was a lot. And, um, I really felt like, and here's where the woo part comes in, but I, I'm, I feel like the spirit of our baby was essentially saying like, you said you're ready here's our trial run. Like you, here's, here's like, here's our test run. And what wound up happening is through the process of like going through miscarriage and all the things that that brought up, how I like, I took a break from work. I was pouring from an empty cup when it comes to work stuff, completely and totally burnt out. Cortisol was really low. My hormones were a little bit out of whack. You and I, we were just like, go, go, go. It was too much. Life, life got to be really too much. And, and it became very painstakingly obvious. If we want to start a family, if I want to get pregnant and carry a child, then life has to change the way that we do life, the way that we interact, the way that I do business, all of it, it's got to change. And so, you know, I had to heal from miscarriage, then heal from the medical intervention. Um, I had to wait for a cycle. So all going through that whole process, pushed our, you know, when can we get pregnant out further, which each month that that pushed me further out, I was getting closer and closer to AMA, which is advanced maternal age, meaning I will be 35 whenever I have the baby. And I had this weird thing in my head that I really just wanted to have baby number one. You know, if we're going to have more than one, I wanted to have them 
by 34, you know, like, could I have it, you know, before I turn 35 and, you know, God's got a funny way of, you know, having his own plan. Ah, his. Yeah. Look Spirit, at you. universe, whatever. Mm. Um, so that was, you know, more or less the, the timeline that played out. I really felt like the spirit of our little one was giving us like a little test run and we made the changes that we needed to make, I think, in order to create an environment internally for me inside of my body and then within our relationship and our business that can support and sustain. So Yeah, we've talked about it before. I can't imagine. I mean, I can. And I'm grateful that we went through all that for so many reasons. Now being pregnant, I feel so much more prepared <laughs> and excited and at peace with it, even in the midst of the you know, some of the the fear naturally that's coming up. And and we just took so many steps to orient our life toward being parents. And we also got some support from senior Doc Shock. Shout out to Homeboy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Some holistic He's going to come on the show again soon. Is he? Cool. Yeah. And yeah, and so we were just really lining things up to be in support of a way more sustainable pregnancy, childbirth, new parent process. And now fast forward to today, we're 12 weeks in. Yeah. We got pregnant, well, I guess, a couple months. To, there's a couple things. In well, there. fast forward, let's rewind it then. Okay. <laughs> and then fast forward and then press play and then pause and then remember the future of 10 years from now. Okay, sure. Okay. Um, okay. So we can go into miscarriages like we're done, we're moving on, we're healing. And so it was on the third cycle that we actually wound up getting pregnant again. And after miscarriage and we got the green light, we had sex for, I don't know how many days in a row. I tried to tell myself that I was way more relaxed about it. I was listening to the meditations. I was just, I was doing all the things. And then we didn't wind up pregnant that time around. So when that happened, when it didn't happen, I was like, you are pretending that you're relaxed about this. You are not actually letting go, Alexa. So I stopped tracking the next month and I was doing all kinds of stuff. So for those that are curious, I was testing my LH on OPKs, ovulation predictor kits. So I had these strips. I used pre-mom to show me what my LH spike was doing. I track my basal body temperature, not anymore, of course, but on a daisy. So I have a daisy thermometer. So I'm tracking my basal body temperature. Y'all, I'm tracking my good LH God. surge. Our um, OB doctor laughed at her. <laughs> pretty playfully, but also like a little bit. Yeah. Uh, hey, yeah. Calm down. Cool. And I'm not the only one. Okay. So you're I'm not, not going to feel shame not. over this. No right? shame to be felt. I got, you know, it's more playful than anything. So anyway, I was just doing neurotic. all these things. Yeah. I was a little neurotic, a little anxious. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in y'all who have been listening for a while should not be surprised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I am the creator of a lot of my suffering. <laughs> Like maybe all of it. (laughs) So I'm tracking cervical mucus. I'm tracking in the flow app. So I've got, you know, all these biomarkers for things. And I'm like, wow, you are out of control. So I decide to leave it all alone for one month and come to find out I missed the window by like four days. Well, and that's also because that was February when I was in Japan, right? Well, we missed one when you were in Japan, but then there was another cycle Maybe it was right before. I can't remember which one, but mm. but there was one that passed that um, my period was actually like three or four days late. Yeah. And I was like, this is weird. I should have a positive pregnancy test if my period's late and come to find out my cycle was just off a little bit. And so the window of time that I thought would be like 
primo time to get pregnant, I was off by a few days. There's such so, a wild science. science to this. It's science. And I'm really grateful to have experienced this process, you know, as directly as I can in a sense, um, like alongside you. And I'm also remembering a particular night in bed. I think this was in January, like our first time back after the miscarriage healing process when we're like, okay, cool. We can jump back on the saddle. And there was a lot of tension where we were in that, you know, like five day extended window of trying and we were being diligent. And I would even dare say militant to get the P and the V and blow that load up in your uterus Am I getting my terminology right here? No, and vagina. In your vaginal you never, canal? You will never touch my uterus. <laughs> it's behind a cervix that's uh, closed. I was a splooging in your cervix. <sighs> <laughs> no, my favorite line is bust this out. Let's just bust it out. Bust it out. Let's that's a fun one. bust it out. It's okay, this is just business here. And it's, like, it's great business. Come do it's your business sacred- Business is a booming. Come do your sacred duty. Uh-huh. And so, well, there was a few times where you were like- I'm going to sacredly squirt no, all up no, in you. No, stop. Because there were some times when you were just like- kind of not having it almost like you were over it, which I never thought that we would come to. Yep. And then there's me on the other side, kind of like stop being a little bitch and come over <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. Yep. She turned so into the man. Bad. Uh, I mean, like times. you have one job. And so I think there were a couple things that simultaneously happened. Like we had a really sad moment yeah. when it was after a long day, I think it was day four or five of getting after it and feeling really on like feeling really good about it. Like, look, we're going, like we're doing it. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, it's past 11. We're tired again, long day. And now we have to do this again. That's how I was looking at it. And I think you were too. It's just a different experience. I think for us, I don't think I actually know that to be true. Mm -hmm. And it was a breakdown, (laughs) a real breakdown that was followed by a breakthrough Uh as it goes, where I think simultaneously you relaxed, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you surrendered to, yes, it's great and important to know all these logistics around ovulation window and to be diligent on these days and, but to make it something that feels really connected and fun and not like a, a chore. Sure. We did shift from when we were first trying to get pregnant, then miscarriage, then afterwards. Yeah. There was definitely a market shift where I think for me, it was, I surrendered to the timeline. Yep. I have no control over this. Mm-hmm. Not really. Like the most I can attempt control. It's kind of this pretend control. You know, mm-hmm. I can test and I can have my temperature and I can pee on the sticks and I can look at my LH surge and I can have the window. But still, when it's going to happen is when it's going to happen. It's still a miracle. You know, like it's a miracle yeah. and it's and it's not, you know, necessarily by my design yeah. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's like I surrender. I was already like going through all of the stuff that we'd gone through. Then I'm like, you know, this is just going to be what it's going to be. Yeah. Okay. And I like really came to terms with that. Yeah. And like maybe we're only going to have one. And if that's the case, amazing. And maybe we won't. Like it, I just twins. really... Surrendered, like yeah. I really relaxed around it. And I think you feeling that from me mm-hmm. made it in those moments where it's like, we're super tired and we're kind of breaking down. It was like, we were in it together. Yeah. As you surrendered simultaneously, I really embraced that sacred duty, the sacred role of we are creating life and we are as ready as I can kind of imagine being slash also never being ready for something of this magnitude. And just being like, all right, I'm committed. Let's go. Let's do this. And 
those shifts that we both had met very yeah. lovely. There was one time I think where I was like, you know what? I think we're good. You know, like we did it the days and, and then I came I think in we hot. Didn't, I, I was like, I think we don't have to do today. I think it's fine. You know? And you were just like, no, oh, no, we're, we're doing this. Oh, yeah. This is happening, yeah. you know? And, and then that just felt so good to me mm-hmm. because there are these moments when I'm feeling all the feels or you're kind of freaking out about the fact that it actually works and like life is going to change forever where I'm like, did I ruin our lives? <laughs> like, did I pressure him into something that he didn't actually want to do? And now he's trapped and we can't take it back. Mm-hmm. And we wanted this, you know, we want this. And so. we do want this. And I think that dynamic is fairly common amongst men and women yeah. is like, the woman's ready. She's like, we're doing this. And the guy maybe feels a little bit of the called the masculine imperative of freedom slipping when really all it's doing is transitioning into something that's more like a higher purpose. And yeah, I'm done feeling that shift and it feels clunky at times, but really righteous and really yeah. appropriate. As you may know, not only am I a sex, love, dating and relationship coach, but I also teach other coaches this niche craft. The Sex and Love co-team and I have now run our signature coaching program, Sex Coach Prep School, for over three years and have helped over 100 coaches develop new skills while learning how to run a successful coaching business. The program has evolved from a 12-week program to a four-month program to a seven-month program, which is when I realized this isn't really a prep school anymore. So... We decided to make some changes, make the program a little lighter, and build in everything you need to know in order to determine if sex and love coaching is the right career move for you. So Sex Coach Prep School is now a six-week program covering topics like sex education, relationship structures, coaching tools to use when working with clients, and so much more. Starting in June 2023, SCPS now includes three live virtual sessions, six modules, 22 educational videos, exclusive private Facebook group access to our students, a one-on-one support call with one of our Sex and Love Co. team members, access to two additional bonus business-related offers, lifetime access to the Sex Coach Prep School program, and a community of Sex and Love coaches to lean on and learn from. SCPS is also a great program if you are already a coach who wants to add some additional intimacy skills to your coaching tool belt. And if you're ready to change your life and are all in on up-leveling your coaching career, our larger and more extensive program, now called Sex and Love University, is coming in fall 2023. Side perk, go through the new and improved Sex Coach Prep School and your investment counts as credit towards SLU. Check out the link in the show notes to learn more about becoming a sex, love, and or relationship coach and completely and totally changing your life this year. So the month that it worked (laughs) was March. So um, the weekend of March 17th, 18th, to be specific. She probably knows the hour. This woman. Shut up. No, No, for what? For my LH surge. I, you probably have something with sperm too. We're like, no, you, I don't. Yeah, let it drip out and then put it on a thing to see how you're just the motility making, and no, counts. You're making things up. I don't know. He was one cycle away from me dragging him to the sperm clinic to just <laughs> double check he was yeah. not. I was know. pretty confident though because the first time you're confident in all your health related stuff. Damn straight, strong okay. like bull. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, but that particular month, I was the most relaxed. 
that I'd yeah. ever been. And we had the most connective, I, just the whole thing felt really yeah, good. And the sex was like the day before ovulation, the day of ovulation, the day after. Mm. And so that shouldn't come as a shock if I say that we're having a boy. Ah, yes, yay. we know already. Because the shuttle method. I don't know what that is. It's that boy sperm. This is the theory here. Boy <laughs> sperm um, or male sperm are faster than girl sperm. Mm -hmm. And so if you, this is the theory. If you want to have a boy, you have sex on like right when you're ovulating, like the day that you ovulate basically. And the closest to, because they're the fastest. But Mm -hmm. if you want to have a girl, then you have sex the days before. Interesting. Because they need time to get there. Is there any scientific backing for this? Oh, really? Okay. This is like a a well-documented thing, but I don't know how much it works (laughs) because I think it's male sperm, swim faster, but they swim the fastest, but they die quicker and female sperm swim a little slower, but they are alive longer. This feels like where I was mansplaining earlier. This feels like woman's explaining. Why? This is know. science. I'm repeating. Y'all fact check us on this. Cause this feels, no. Oh yeah. Do it. Look, Google it. Shettle. S H E T T L E. Look at <laughs> it. Up. It's fun. Whatever. It was probably it. a man that that's named after. Get out of here. Is it weird that I'm turned on right now? This is so strange. I, I just recalling all this and as okay, we're talking cool. about, I'm getting a little hot and bothered. So anyway, um, it worked and it was kind of, let me, let, let's just tell them about the day that I found out slash uh-huh. we found out. Okay. So, which check out our Instagrams. We've done some really fun little videos, videos. recently recapping it. And yeah, we've been holding this information in for a while. <laughs> and now that we're, you know, lots of our family and, and friends all know, and we've reached the 12 week mile marker milestone. Um, mm-hmm. It feels, you know, I don't know. It's weird to say like safer. It feels, yeah. feels like it's happening. Yeah. 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 Anyway, the day of, uh, so I was three days before my missed period and like a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Uh uh-huh okay so i have a 26 day cycle for anyone who's like really curious so that just means that they're a little bit on the shorter end i had three days before i missed period i was telling myself that i was not gonna take a test until the day of my missed period and i had this agreement with myself that i wouldn't take a pregnancy test unless it was my first morning urine which hcg is the pregnancy hormone is supposed to be the highest or it is the highest right when you wake up. And so basically to curb my enthusiasm and to stop my neurosis, I would wake up in the few days leading up to my period and immediately go pee. That way I wouldn't take a test. And then, you know, Jordan was home all day. I was working all day. I also didn't want to take a test too early. I didn't want to have a false negative. And then I also didn't want to get a negative and then have a bunch of calls, client calls, coaching calls, things to do in the day, and then be processing the fact that it was negative. Like I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it, even though I was feeling pretty good. So I had all these things. And then I was left home. It was about three or so, three or four in the afternoon. Jordan goes and plays basketball. Our assistant leaves. I'm home by myself. I start a bath and I'm there and the tests are right there and they're talking to me. Yes. As they do. The tests are talking to me. Okay. I have a big box of those like little cheap HCG strips, like the little tiny ones that are pink on the end. So it wasn't like I was going to waste a fancy one. So I'm sitting in the bathroom and the tub just takes forever to fill. And I'm like, should I do it? It's not my first morning urine. I'm three days early, like three days before my missed period. 
No. My wife just asked me if I farted. <laughs> Even if I had, you couldn't have just like kept going. No, I breathed. My smell is really sensitive right now. It, it's such an interesting thing because like we'll be on a plane I'm or offended. at a restaurant and instead of doing the more polite thing, which is just to let it go, let it pass <laughs> all the few seconds, she's got to like no, no. aggressively no, I with don't. No, I don't. so much disdain and condescension. Now you're just being ridiculous. <laughs> Did you just fart? Nope. In the middle of a podcast. So I didn't do that. I whispered it and no one would have known except for you. Who except for being, your awkward pause. Except for you being, no one would have known except now you're being dramatic. I want y'all to know that that was for sure our stinky ass dog daughter who is Could have snoring been. in the corner right now. It's I smell same. it too. It's Frenchie. It we have a Frenchie. Offensive to the nostrils. This comes with having a Frenchie. Yes, it does. Um, all right. I don't even know what I was saying. Okay. So the, ticks, the, sticks the, are, the sticks are talking to me yep. and um, everyone's gone. I'm home alone. And I just have this moment. It's kind of like those moments where I'm like, Ooh, maybe I'll masturbate. Like maybe I'll self-hush. Everyone's gone. I'll do like the naughty thing. No, I don't, I don't think like that anymore. Um, but like in, during, like in life I have thought like that. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it. So, you know, for these, you have to pee in a cup. And then you have to stick the little stick in the cup. And so I do it. I put it on the side. I see, you know, the little window, the liquid, right? The pee goes all the way to the control line, right? That means the test working. So I see all the dye go to the control line, like pretty much right away. And I'm like, all right, looks like it's probably going to be negative. That looks pretty, pretty strong. And so I just keep with my bath. I'm like, I'm going to have my opportunity to process this. It might be too early. It also could be negative. So I'm like, I'm like, good. I've got my space to process this on my own. So um, I go about, I like go get water or something. I come back into the bathroom. I take a look. I like glance back over at the stick, the little strip. And there's a very faint line Whoa! in the test, which I don't know if you know this, Jordan Bowditch. If there's Anything. If there's anything, it's basically positive. Not basically. If yeah. there's anything in the test line, pregnant. And I pick that thing up and I put it in the light and then I tilt it on its side and then I put it in a different light. And then I'm like, I, is that something? I don't know. And then I put it down and I take its picture and then I zoom in on it. <laughs> and I'm like, I think that's maybe. I think it could be, but like, am I fucking making this up? Then I text my best friend, Adi, the picture of it. And I just write, I'm not making this up. Am I? (laughs) And she immediately called me and shouted, you're pregnant. And I was like, no way. And so it was weird because I was surprised because of the circumstances, not because I didn't think it wasn't possible. We had our best connection. We had our best window of opportunity. And so then she's like, take a digital one. I'm like, I'll take a fancy one, you know, but I just peed and it's after three, (laughs) you know, it's after four. I'm like, you know what? I'll just wait till in the morning. I'll take a digital one in the morning. And I'm sitting there, sitting there still waiting for the bathtub to fill. And then I'm like, you know what? Can I pee again? And then I go and I do my digital one because I had more than one because I'm a psycho. (laughs) (laughs) like how i am and so i do a digital one and actually videoed um the results pop up and the results were pregnant and i was like holy shit this is real this is actually happening and so uh, like a couple hours later i think jordan comes home and i'm in the kitchen 
and I'm pulling stuff out for dinner and Jordan's just babbling away about his day. He has no idea that this information is just, about to come. Just a babbling. He's babbling away. He's talking about clients. He's talking about work. He's talking about all the things in life. And mm-hmm. he just goes, um, no, I tell him that I texted him information about an event Something like you that. Sly dog. I you. was like, oh, I text you. We got invited to something. I want you to take a look at it. Tell me if if you want to go. And he's like, okay. And then he's like not doing it. I'm like, check now. Like it's timely. <laughs> okay, woman. And then he's like half open in the mail. I'm like, stop opening the mail. <laughs> and um, and then you can talk about how that uh-huh. felt. Yep. So then you open the text message. Yep. So I opened the text message and I saw the picture of a positive pregnancy test. And it was definitely an immediate, I think I said, holy fucking shit. Or I said, are you fucking serious? Yes. Yeah. Which that was funny. That was a a response of a lot of people. Are you fucking serious? (laughs) And it was, yeah, I was going to say bittersweet and that's not exactly what I mean, but it was. Multiple emotions. Yeah. Many emotions. And I, the first time was such a surprise, uh, last year with the miscarriage, like when you told me pregnant that time, it was. It was the first time I'd ever experienced that, like a positive pregnancy test for something we were trying to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was also, certainly in hindsight, I felt much more unprepared <laughs> and more like afraid. The second time? No. Oh, the first I'm talking time. talking about the first okay. time. And so then fast forwarding to this time, because of all the things we'd been through, it was such a like relief and so so much more exciting and feeling more prepared and all those kind of things. And yet also feeling almost the pre-loss. Oh, but what if it happens again? And what that could be like. Uh, so yeah. definitely all of that was coming up in that moment. And yeah. certainly the superseding experience and emotion was, oh yes. Whoa. And yeah. probably as much or maybe even more than anything was just how happy I knew you were. Yeah. It's hard because sometimes loss feels like a thief of the joy yeah. um, and the fear of loss. It feels like, like I can only be excited in this moment before I immediately have to worry. Yeah. And I know that I think for you in, in feeling that way, it's probably like, you don't want to see me have to go through that again. Totally. And will we be okay? Will I recover if this yeah. happens again? You know, but I think going through the miscarriage also showed us we're going to be fine. Well, like we're we, a little bit. And yeah. yeah, I mean, to be five and a half years in our relationship, right? Is that how mm-hmm. long we've been together? Yep. And um, married a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And this is our first big, like, grief that we're going through together, that we went through together. You know, mm-hmm. you lost your grandmother. I lost my grandmother right when we first started dating. And that was, you know, big for me and my family. Granted, we saw it coming. Like, it, it was many years in the making. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you lost your grammar when we were like right toward the beginning engaged. of COVID. Oh yeah. We weren't even, yeah, we weren't even engaged yet. <laughs> I flew out there for the funeral and it was like a big deal because people were not flying. Yeah. Anyway, anyway I'm glad you went. Yep. Do it all over again. Damn straight. God bless America. <laughs> With no fucking mask on either. <laughs> Double masked and did it alive in the airport talking about how mischievous I was. Yeah. Anyway, different podcast. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So like we experienced those things, but this was the first one that we went through together. Yeah. And so it's, it definitely has been a challenge and anxiety provoking, <laughs> you know, as pregnant, pregnant's on the stick and I'm calculating how far along I am. And I'm like three weeks and two days. I'm like, whoa, 
that's very early, you know, to get a positive like that. And, yeah. you know, according to LMP, last menstrual period, I know all the, I know all the te- yes, te- do, technical baby. terms. I know more than our OB knows, so much so that she, she was, thinks I'm ridiculous. Yeah, she was surprised slash, I think also maybe a little, in a sense, like uh, professionally offended, if that makes sense, <laughs> right? Because she like she's the pro. She's been doing this for decades. She's like in her sixties, and, and she's awesome too. We love her. We really like her. We really love her. She has a great blend of grounded, down to earth, direct, and balances it with kindness and compassion and all that. But yeah, when you were sharing, the, she's like was shocked that those tests that early were available and the gender too. Like when we told her we took that test, she was like skeptical that it was accurate. Yeah. So we had like a moment. Yeah. We've had some moments. So basically after I found out pregnant, of course, like the next thing that I'm worried about is like, did I, I I got the confirmation of this so early. Is this going to stick? Like what's going to happen? It's so early. And you know, I basically just called my OB's office and the OB that I work with is I only ever like established care with them because of the miscarriage. Otherwise I was looking to have midwifery care. And our midwife connected us with her, like recommended her. Yeah. Yeah. What was going to be our midwife for the first time. So I basically just called in and was like, I got a positive pregnancy test. Um, I miscarried last year. What, like, what are the next steps? Cause I knew that they were going to do um, BHCG, beta HCG testing. And so I did go in right away for, for beta. And then, um, two or three days later went in for beta and the growth in that regard. And then also testing progesterone, all of it looked really good. And then we had a couple of little moments where like my breath was taken away after having sex one time. Uh, and it was right around like four and a half, almost five weeks. Um, I had a little bit of pink spotting and freaked out. It was the same day that we told my mom and all of our friends that we were pregnant. Um, And it was my birthday too. And it was Jordan's birthday. And I had some like pink spotting and it was, we were at the bowling alley (laughs) and I like go to wipe after going to the bathroom and like my breath gets caught and I'm like, oh no, is this like, what is happening? Yeah. And it was, it was tough, but it didn't get any darker. And then I'm in the, thank goodness for those chat, those like, the community section of flow or the community section of the pre-mom app, yep. you know, they're great up until a certain point and then they're terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so like I looked up like pink spotting and then right away people were like, have you had sex? And it's like, oh yeah, I forget. The cervix is really engorged. It's swollen. The capillaries are very thin. So if it gets poked or touched or kind of fucked with, it could, you know, it could bleed yeah. a little bit. Um, and so then I calmed down. The, it never got any darker yada, yada, yada. And then another couple weeks went by and I had a little bit of brown spotting, which is essentially oxidized blood could have been from sex, could have been from whatever. So, um, I basically went in again for an early ultrasounds and this was essentially going to confirm viability, Mm -hmm. you know, still early. So right around six weeks, right? Right. Yeah. At that point we were, we were counting Tuesdays as the day that we change weeks. Now I count Saturday because it's more accurate according to my ovulation. This has turned to do a very like technical kind of biohacking pregnancy podcast. It's fun. I don't know. Everybody like, did you all know you were going to learn this much about me? <laughs> <laughs> it's very cute. Okay. So yeah. So basically we went in and it was a transvaginal ultrasound and we um, were able to see the sack yeah. and see the little tiny pee. Just in a tiny little heartbeat. Little bitty tiny. Heartbeat. It was so like, what a moment because we didn't expect that. And well, before she did the ultrasound, she was like, 
I just want to point out, we may not see much. Yeah. We're only looking to like, make sure that there's a sack, make sure that, you know, she's like, I'm looking for these couple things. We may not see, you know, what will be baby. We may not see heartbeat. It's still yeah. pretty early. Yeah. It was at the point where the heartbeat might not have even come online yet. But then when we saw it, she was, she was like, Oh, look, it must've just came online within the past couple of days, yeah. which was so cool. It's so yeah. special. And she, what she said, you had a very chunky what sack? Corpus luteum. Corpus luteum. Which is the- One of the chunkier she's seen this side of the Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very so fun weird. moment. So for anyone who doesn't know, here's your sex educator. Uh-huh. You know, it's not even sex educator, you're your reproductive education. Yep. So after an egg is released from an ovary and then it goes over to the fallopian yes. tube. Tell them, Professor Lex. Progesterone goes up in that part of your cycle. That is the hormone that will help to withstand, will help you to carry a pregnancy. But also then when implantation occurs of the fertilized egg, then you wind up having HCG. So those are two really important hormones very early on. But before you have, um, I think it might be the placenta, before you have, I'm pretty sure it's the placenta, before that's formed, the follicle where the egg was released turns into a corpus luteum, mm, yes. which produces the progesterone yes. for you. And then that swelling um, and that follicle goes down and then yep. the placenta replace. I'm pretty sure this is how this goes. Then the placenta Feels replaces um, that function. Yep. And so at th- that stage in the game, we had a nice chunky corpus luteum. I was not going to say that. So just want to <laughs> say yep. like you're, you're now pointing out you all on. of these. We're having a good time. Egging. Get it? Uh, oh shit <laughs> come on we are honey oh yeah honey anyway the i don't know if it's not embryo but maybe maybe fetus by that time i think maybe it's six weeks i don't know had a little bitty tiny heartbeat and it was little very sweet yeah. um she wanted us to come in a few weeks later a lot of people don't have that early ultrasound mm-hmm. some people wait until eight to ten weeks she wanted to see us again just after the nine I week I think you mark. wanted to see her again. Well, she said. I know. I'm being You playful. know. She said. And we also don't want to make a habit out of just having all kinds of ultrasounds. Yep. We're not so far on the crunchy side of the spectrum mm-hmm. with regards to like wanting no intervention and no like. When I think that was largely influenced by the gift of Western medicine when you had the miscarriage. Like having oh, yeah. her and having that intervention that support us through it, it was yeah, like renewed my sense of gratitude around these developments, these modern developments. Right, uh, and trust so I think in the we, system too yeah. with having a very, I mean, she was calling me on the weekends to check on me. Yeah, She was sweet. so sweet. Great blend of old school and new school. Yeah. And that's kind of our style, yeah. I would say. So um, yeah, we got the, just the confirmation that everything looked up to that point, like it was going smoothly. And then we went back in just after nine weeks and got to see the little one again. Had, had little arms? Little tiny flappy Looked arms. Looked like a little T-Rex dinosaur. Yeah, little legs. Little arms, little legs. Little, Looked like, like a little bug. Nubs. Little June bug. Um, something like that. And so then we got to see the the heart beating again. And, you know, that was when she really was like more beaming with her congratulations, yeah. which was really sweet. Cause I was like, doc, shoot me straight. Like what's the percentage? What's the likelihood that we lose at this point? She's like- very low. It's very low. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what numbers associated with very low, but I will take it. Uh-huh. Um, and then she requested the number, which was like 2% or something Something like that. Like that. But anyway, <laughs> okay. So that's like more or less our 
like play by play of mm-hmm. discovering the pregnancy. Of course, we got to tell our moms in person. We told our friends. That was really special. Yeah, all on my birthday, which is really cool. Um, and then let's get into the gender reveal. a couple things. Yeah, the gender reveal, which was a lot of fun, and I'll let you take yeah. take the charge in that. Mm-hmm. And then I want to get into maybe some questions that people might have cool. for us. Um, yeah. You know, just in this process. So. Cool. Yeah. So we had a gender reveal. Uh huh. And just a little bookmark for if it feels relevant at some point as we're rounding this out with uh, the friend who got pregnant and like the emotional nuances therein. I think that's kind of an interesting thing that people might resonate with. I've actually, I've actually talked about that on a couple of the podcasts, the podcast that I did with Jolene Brighton, and then there's one that's coming out with Leslie Schrock, who wrote the book Bumpin'. Bumpin'. Um, And I, I spoke to both of them. What was what's kind of wild is I think I was pregnant. When I spoke to both of them, when I recorded both of those shows. And I think you knew, but you. No, I didn't know. You didn't know. I didn't know. It It was like early March. So like mid-March maybe that I recorded with them. Actually, you know what? Maybe I wasn't and maybe I recorded with them in February. And that's when one of my best friends told me that she was pregnant because we were going for this around the same time. And it Mm. was really nerve wracking. And it brought up a lot of emotions for me. And I, I am... I'm glad I got to process them. And so her and I are eight weeks apart. She's eight weeks ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, I had a moment, but I'm, I'm grateful. I'm totally. proud of how I showed up. I'm proud of the way that it all like shook out and we're excited to be bringing yeah. two little boys. It's very cute that y'all are pregnant together. And I think the moral of that story was just navigating human emotions. I don't know if jealousy is quite the right word, but it's like it's, a, it's a envy, envy. Yeah. It's envy. Yeah. And, and it's like, we had this experience. We were like, we started trying before them and we were successful and then the miscarriage and then they started trying and then they were successful. And so it was like, it was a weird spotlight kind of yeah. shifting. And, and both then, of us, and she had her own feelings of like, I yeah. want to be excited for when this happens for us. And we had a really, a really big, you know, heart to heart come like Christmas time when I was still processing mm-hmm. having to have all that medical intervention and miscarriage and all those things. And, and, and it was good that we've been able to have that open communication. Yeah. Cause I think that this is real for a lot of people going so on too. this journey. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe they would assume for some reason that, I'm not going to feel those things or like I'm, you know, and that's really not true. I think how y'all navigated that was just so graceful and really, really special. Yeah. And, um, I think she was maybe nine weeks when she said, and we're only eight weeks apart. Yeah. They Mm -hmm. waited a little while before they told anybody. And then we're only eight weeks apart. So I think I only had like two weeks of like an in-between. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It was only two weeks of an in-between where like she was pregnant. I wasn't, but I actually was at the time. Yep. Technically. So anyway, I just felt. So that's a good thing to a, bring up. That's an important piece to this journey that was, yeah. yeah notable. And then you figuring out how to support me in that. Yeah. You know, and like mm-hmm. try to hold space and not let me have to do it alone. And yeah. It's tough. All of this. Mm-hmm. Like how do you emotionally support when you're, when you can't really relate? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a blend of sympathy acknowledgement, validation, it, while also not necessarily overly encouraging like indulgence right, right, in it. Exactly. It's a, there's a sweet spot. Our favorite place to shop for crystal, glass, and metal toys is Yoni Pleasure Palace. Sacred squirters, cervix serpents, Yoni eggs, prostate massagers, anal plugs and beaded wands, G-spot massagers, and something Jordan and I use all the time and even travel with 
our plush velvety waterproof blanket. Every product feels so special when it comes from YPP. It's probably because of the care that is taken not only in the development of the toy, but in the packing and delivering of the toy. When you collect, because it's definitely a collection of sexy works of art, when you collect a new item, it comes with not only information on how to use it, but to also respect and revere it, along with cultivating respect and reverence for your own body and your own sexuality. I can't sing YPP's praises enough to add to your collection, visit yonipleasurepalace.com and make sure to use the code thatsexchick, all one word, at checkout for 15% off your order. And pretty please, if you share your items on social media, tag me. I'd love to see what you choose and celebrate you. So moving along, gender reveal. <laughs> yeah, gender reveal yeah, we went, really on a, fun. we went on a trip. Mm-hmm. So we Before have our- we went on the trip, I did a test. Yeah, one of those absurdly early tests. Sneak and- peek. Yep. Our, the friend who you referenced to D, she was really excited about doing a gender reveal for us. She had an idea, which is such a good idea. And so you took the test, had the results sent to her. So we didn't know. She was the yep. only one that knew. And our closest group of friends, the Pleasure Posse, aka Conscious Couples Coalition, as I like to call them, went on our annual trip to Florida. And it was so awesome. It was a very new, unique experience because so there's lots babies. of babies. So many babies. And we were all staying in the same house with a little casita also so the same property on the beach just so wonderful on so many levels and again a novel experiment that was so successful just we all bonded in a new way with the kids and just had so much fun with them so on that first morning, morning yeah. we on the docket <laughs> is the gender reveal the agenda uh and so it starts with a little absurd box that has, you know, boy or girl, boy or question, girl mark. question mark, very cheesy. And we opened the box and we got this all captured. Yeah. On it's on our, it's on our Instagram. If yep. you want to watch this video of this, it's absurd. And I had seen a cake in the fridge and I had a feeling it's like, and what the, the fuck cake is this cake was doing smashed. here? Like yeah. the top of the cake was all kind of fucked it, up. And I was like, what is some this abuse. cake for? Yep. And so we opened this box and the cake and is the in, cake's there. in it. Smashed and I cake. know instantly it's not a, it's not going to be a cake thing. We're not going to cut into this cake and that's, we're like, that's gender. Not that, our friend is not going to do that. No. Uh, so I knew it was a, a misnomer, if that's the right phrasing. And, Misdirection. Yeah. And you know, she's really selling it. She's like, you got to really cut into yeah, it to make sure. And I'm like, bullshit. But I'm going to go along with this. So we cut into it. There's nothing discerning in there. And then I hear. As we're cutting into as we're it. Cutting, well, it looks like we're going to have to settle this another way. <laughs> and it's her husband. And. Oh, there's, there's a hummingbird, hummingbird outside our window right now. Hey, buddy. Oh, hey. That's a good omen, right? I think, oh. Well, we also have honeysuckle right outside of this window. We do. Some so. blooming honeysuckle. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it makes sense that we have a hummingbird. So then our two guy friends proceed to... Strap into Speedos and yep. hair caps? Yes, hair caps. Swim caps? Swim caps. Okay, yep. there we go. One of them is in pink and one yep. of them is in blue. Yep. And these are both... Big, strong, jacked dudes. Uh, one of them is a former CrossFit gold medalist. So he's just like got that belt. And the other is JP Sears. And he's a jacked dude as well. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't they, skip leg day. No, he does not skip leg day. And they proceed to have a race <laughs> to the beach. To the water. Well, JP goes first one to the water wins. Yep. Something like that. And so now the whole squad is following this saga. Is running uh, down the stairs to the beach. And it's like a WWF 
match where they're doing absurd tripping and it's like totally exaggerated and they're pretending to hit each other and it's so funny and so rolling on the ground and 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 i'm also feeling a lot of uh anticipation we're like who is going to get to the water first because that was the premise yeah and i should have known better that it wasn't going to be that simple as soon as they got to the water they turned around and run back and did the exact same (laughs) thing that they did on the way there back all the way up the stairs yep and so we're just all along for this journey following the them. the whole time, I'm like, what's happening? What and is happening? You can hear in the video, my friend Taylor is, she's the one holding the camera and she's just going, this is so unclear. This is so <laughs> unclear. <laughs> what's happening? Yep. And just so absurd Neither of them won. Neither they of them won. They walked back through the door to the deck where yep. everyone was at. They walked through hand in hand, <laughs> showcasing no one wins. Yep. And they no. said some sort of... Ugh. JP probably said something stupid about gender. Yeah. Like, we don't believe in Gen- gender equality or like... No, not gender. It wasn't gender Non-binary equality. or something. No, something it was absurd. like, they don't believe in something. I can't... We weren't there. Yeah. We were still like down the stairs, climbing up, huffing yeah. and puffing. Like, we just chased these people down yep. to the beach. This didn't end in, in mm. the gender. Yeah. And so then we're all back on the deck again. And then it's like, okay, now what? And then D hands out... The these little sticks. the sticks that have the confetti, confetti in, them. in them, but like the top part of the stick is white, so yeah. you can't see the just, color that's yeah. inside of it. So you just shake it, and then Into the stuff the comes out. Yeah, and so now we're at the moment. We're like, okay, yeah, we're we're gonna find out now. Yeah, great. Yeah. And says so one, sure. two, three. And we, we all shake, shake it, and, and the blue, blue comes out. And in that moment, again, all this caught on camera. Lex is still not sure. Is this real? Is this real or is this another fake out? Is that would be real? really fucked up to go that hard with a fake out. I'm like, no, I'm just kidding. E- it's a girl. I was expecting <laughs> the like, I don't know why. In my mind, I'm like, can I trust it? We had been misled many times, so that's fair. <laughs> I thought the sticks were yeah. going to be purple uh-huh. at that point. I was like, I don't trust you people. <laughs> and so, yeah, we just had a beautiful moment. We hugged. We loved on each other. You cried. Shocker. <laughs> it was a moment. Yep. You cry for moments. I totally baby. Yeah. And then we well, got I think to because we always can I say that we've always known or have I always known? I think you and like I've followed that, but I haven't necessarily been as convicted in it for sure. In knowing that a boy was coming. Yeah. 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 You've I think you've probably talked about it on the podcast. Maybe. Connecting with the spirit. Maybe. I'm I'm pretty sure I have in some kind of random podcast episodes. I think I did a podcast episode with uh, Mushroom Mamacita at one point and I spoke about my experience there. But I think maybe I'll do a solo episode where I just talk about my connection to the spirit and what that Mm. what that journey's been like and trusting him and and all that Mm. and maybe even at that point share his name and how he chose his name. And so we've had his name chosen and I have felt him coming for a long time. Yeah, like a many, solid few years. Many yeah. years, yeah. Before we were ever engaged, before like baby <laughs> was, you know, on the docket, uh-huh. <laughs> as you like to say. So um, so when the blue confetti came out, it was just so affirming. Yeah. It was like a, I knew all along because there, I was like, if we shake this thing and it's fucking pink, I will be shocked because so much, you know, has like, led me to believe we've got a boy coming. Yeah. And, you know, I my family doesn't know what to do with a boy. We're a family of women. Like two girls, my sister has two girls. The majority of my cousins are girls. Like we just have so many girls. My step step sister has a girl. I just like lots of girls. And so 
you know, to me, what would probably be easier is to have a girl because I grew up around them. I know them. But on your side of the family, you've got lots of boys. Yeah, I'd say it's pretty well blended, but probably, yeah, skewed a little bit more yeah, to boys. Yeah, you and your brother, but mm-hmm. your sister had two boys. Yeah. And so just, you know, but I, I think if I wouldn't have felt his presence so strongly and mm. like fell in love with him and gotten used to him and the idea of him, I probably would have preferred a girl. Mm. But because I just knew he was coming, because uh-huh. people were like, did you have a preference? I was like, well, we want one of both of them. We yeah. would like to have both of them. And I just knew inside he was coming first. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a 50-50. So. Sure. Jordan. <laughs> it's pretty good odds to. They know I know right. biology. Uh, <laughs> I can math. Yep. Math two is options. definitely your strong suit. There's only mm-hmm. two options. And from my perspective. Penis was, or vagina. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I stand behind that knowing. <laughs> well, there are no other options. Yes. There's not like a genitalia that's been named something different the hermaphrodite thing though isn't that like an actual thing yeah to some degree you got both yeah or intersex you've got both yeah but it's still penis and vagina yeah it's not penis vagina and other i'm mm. like looking around the office for like <laughs> for something else something else to name it <laughs> yeah so from my perspective i was similar to you wanting both feeling boy but but really didn't want to get too attached to that and excited about it because then it would feel just weird to have some sort of letdown energy if it was a girl and disappointment and yet if i'm being really honest in hindsight it's like i want a boy and not because again i don't want a girl we want both but there's something about in a sense i could live this is not the greatest way to say it, but i could live without having a girl but i i would try for probably many children if we didn't have a boy to get a boy um, yeah, just having that experience of more guy things, if you will, and, and basketball and, and just, yeah, You're the vicarious like really stuff. Excited, but that makes sense. Like I would have probably preferred a girl if I yeah. wouldn't have had such a strong connection to boy because mm-hmm. I am one. And girls, yep. I've been told every time I'm like, boy, I get people respond, oh, boys are the best. Girls are way more fun to shop for. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm figuring, I, I've realized that. Yeah, so. and the other thing for me too is, the Bowditch name. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, if you weren't going to say that, I was going to say yeah. that's also really important. Yeah, there's, there's a know. legacy thing there where I'm just like, I, if if we didn't have a boy, the Bowditch name might end here in this family. This line of the Bowditches, yeah. but there aren't very many. No, it's, of it's you. a pretty small family, relatively speaking. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that was another piece of just maybe call it the like biological imperative of wanting to like pass my, my seed of my generation. Mm, the patriarchy. Name. Yes. Toxic masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We're sipping that uh-huh. Kool-Aid. It's fine. And it's funny too. In our squad, boys are very prevalent. We got a lot, a of, lot boys. of boys. Our closest friends. We're going to have. What do we? We've got. We're gonna have five boys. Four boys. Four boys. Five. And one five. Girl. So there's two coming, and there there's, already is three, and there's one girl. That's right. Yep. So five boys. We're gonna have five girl. boys and one girl. At least in the first wave. In the first. Statistically, wave, yeah. we would think that the next wave would be all girls, but we'll see. We'll see. Is that all? We're over an hour now. Leave me alone. Yeah, I think so. Um, that's that's all for like our stories. Okay. Yeah. We also did a gender reveal with my family. We did last week. Yep. Um, which was really sweet. It was snowball themed. So they are her family. They are so New Orleans. It's so awesome. I love it. It's very unique. Just getting that front row seat to the culture and getting to experience it is 
I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. My, and so yeah. snowball is not a snow cone. It's not a snow cone. Just don't you dare fucking don't call it call a it snow, a snow cone, cone. You asshole. And also, <laughs> it's not like a snowball that you make into a ball. No, no. It doesn't snow in Louisiana. Your sister got a... An antique snowball machine. That still works. And yeah, it was borrowed from a friend, it from a friend, from a friend and made these things. And so it yeah, so everybody, or yeah, pink yeah. and everybody got to guess. Yes. Mm-hmm. They chose either blue or pink and then everybody guessed, but we knew already. And so we revealed to all of them, we had a bottle that was covered so you couldn't see what color mm. um, syrup was in it. And then we, you know, poured the, the blue syrup and everyone, uh-huh. went, oh, you know, it's very cute. It was very cute. So we've had, um, I think a lot of fun interacting with our family and our friends and slowly but surely opening up and letting the joy in. Yeah. And, and that's still hard sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, like I, for a while there, it, it was hard for me not to say, well, it's still early. Yeah. You know, and yeah, then I've like had people correct yourself, like kind of not correct me, but encourage me that yeah, you like don't have to say that. Lovingly it's check you. Like, it's hey, happening. Yes. And so, you know, and then I take a big deep breath and I'm like, okay, it's happening. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, I think a couple questions that mm-hmm. I have really just to kind of lead us towards the end here. Yep. And that is what has changed within you yeah. since positive pregnancy test? Panic. <laughs> and I'm talking like it could be the first positive pregnancy test, but really the second, you know, the one that, that we're working yeah. with now. Yeah. I don't know that I'll, I'll just speak to the, the recent one. That's the one that's most present. Yeah. So very much, I guess it's been what? eight weeks since we've known just about right around a little over. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a palpable shift within me of feeling certainly pressure to provide for my family, to protect, to bring in money, to have a solid home and just all these things that I think are fairly common and somewhat classic masculine roles. Whereas before this, I've certainly felt those things, but this feels way just way bigger, uh, way more important. And I mostly feel a righteous conviction around it and not like a manic terror. <laughs> Although there are moments for sure that I, I border on that, like mania of, okay, I just got to do things and be productive and figure it out and, and all this kind of stuff. And I very much realize that the balance I want to strike is, yeah, being solid, being productive, doing the necessary things to prepare our home and our family to bring in this little one, while also not, in a sense, being a, a little bit of a, a victim, martyr, and all those kind of things, because I've, I've towed that line in the past in other contexts. And I feel like I've mostly got a decent stride with it. Uh, so that's been the biggest change for me is feeling the important impending pressure to support my family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's called me into like a new level of confidence, boldness, and frankly, a little bit of a unwillingness to engage in bullshit, so to speak. And some of my journey has been the people pleasing, the peacekeeper instead of peacemaker, overcommitment. And I'm showing up for a lot more of those conversations or lack thereof of not giving away my energy and conserving my energy for what is most important and prioritizing accordingly. Mm, Yeah. And I think my like additional piece on that is, or from my perspective is that I've noticed, you know, like there were a couple of times really in the first like couple of weeks that we knew and you couldn't sleep. Totally. (laughs) You couldn't sleep and you were 
bringing your computer to bed or you were waking up in the middle of the night and you were writing or you were, you were having to do something that you felt, well, that I perceived that you felt was purposeful or something like you had like your moments. Some of it was, some of it wasn't. (laughs) But from my perspective, I would look at you and I had a choice. And I think this is something that is poignant and important for, I think a lot of couples, whether it's, you know, they're going through pregnancy or something else, but I didn't take it personally. You were in your own world going through your own shit and having your own process. And I would look at you and I'd go, this is him figuring out how to get to dad. (laughs) You know, like he didn't, you were just in, like you were just having your process. And so in that moment, I could be like, you know what? He's less available to me. He's not paying as much attention to me. He's not being as loving towards me. I could then take that and go, how can I read all the things that he's doing and make it about me and then make it into, he doesn't actually want this baby. (laughs) I could choose that Uh or I could choose to look at it and not take it personally. Yeah. I felt like you slash we navigated that pretty well, all things considered. And I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. There is a solid two plus week stretch and it still comes in waves here and there where it was taking me one, two plus hours of laying in bed to fall asleep. And more often than not, I was just getting up and then waking up early and only getting like a handful, like a few ish hours of sleep. I I would get annoyed because you would turn a light on. I mean, it was red, but you'd still turn a light on. You'd be like, I can't sleep. I'm like, so you're going to wake me up. I'm the pregnant person that is already having a hard time falling asleep. But I was trying to read to help me relax and calm down. And typically reading helps me fall asleep, but not in that season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm super light as a sleeper, uh-huh. as a pregnant person. I'm like, I wouldn't call myself a light sleeper before this, but now I'm really, yeah. um, I'd I'm, say I'm way more you're sensitive. generally a sensitive creature. Um, <laughs> symptom wise, mm-hmm. I have had pretty much everything that's listed except for vomiting, which I'm grateful for. Yeah. And I still feel all the other things. The main one being, and the most like prevalent one throughout the whole time, what do you think I'm going to say? Eating. That's not the symptom. What? That's the solution. Hangry. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's my blood sugar and I'm actually coming up against that Insatiable appetite. Right now. Uh And all day I'm like, babe, guess what? And he's like, you're hungry. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, that's exactly it. I'm hungry. I'm hungry all the time. I'm actually hungry right now. So we for sure have to wrap this up. It's like pretty much every hour. Every couple of hours on the far end, on the long end, um, to eat something. It feels appropriate to bring it full circle a bit, how we started the podcast with another story. Here's, yeah. This is so far my favorite pregnancy story. Oh, yeah. Uh, This was, I don't know, about a month ago, maybe a little bit more. We were going to the gym and we... Before pregnancy, we had a nice little flow going for a couple months where we were every Monday night, we had a little Bowditch family gains date. Uh, I joined your gym, not because I need a gym. I have all kinds of other ways that I get exercise outside of that. But it was like, you had done this. I was like, this would be a cool thing for us to do together. So we had that nice little routine going and it'd been at that point, maybe close to a month since we had gone. And it was like, hey, you want to pick that back up, go to the gym? You're like, yeah, let's go. (laughs) Is that what I sound like in your head? And so we're on our way there and it's about roughly 20 minutes to get there from our house. And I don't know, maybe five or so minutes into it. No, we were like 10 to 15 because we had reached, oh yeah, you're right, like 10. We were about 10 minutes in. And suddenly, I mean, quite suddenly, she needs to eat. And this was where I was in my skepticism of like, what? (laughs) You don't need to eat right now. We're almost to the gym. Let's do a 30 minute workout and you can get food after on our way home. No, no, no. 
she aggressively needed nourishment in that moment. So we pulled over to Torchy's Tacos, which is a Texas staple. I'd like to go there right now. I would as well. Really? Uh, No. So we pull over and and I was admittedly moving some, uh, some energy. You were like mad about it. And here I am like in pain and panicking and trying to figure out like, is this normal? And this was where I was in the disbelief, uh, around it all. Like thinking that you were not making it up fully, but you know, exaggerating. What a jerk. I know. So do Shame you believe me. me now? Now I do. Like I said, the past couple of weeks, I've turned the corner. I think you like, also I you. like have heard it from other people enough yeah, now that yeah. they've also had that thing. And this has already been a dynamic in our relationship in general, I think, for just men and Are women. You, do around- you think I'm a girl who cries wolf? A little bit. Just a little bit, You know baby. what? I'll be your shepherd. I can raise this baby by myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we pull over, get a burrito, and I sit there repressing my resentment mostly pretty well like i i i'm decent at acknowledging what's coming up for me and just sitting with it and in it and doing my best to certainly not project it but also not even energetically leak it out onto you it's it's a tough one uh the challenge coming back to the congruence yeah the challenge in that becomes it's harder for me not to make a story out of it yeah. and make it to where it's hard. Then it becomes hard for me not to take it personally. And then yeah. I, and then I start to shame myself and then no, I start to try to talk myself out of the symptoms and out of the things that I need. And then I feel like I'm being too much and like, I'm ruining your life. Then I'm like, I'm crossed. O- I've crossed over into, I'm actually ruining his life now. There's worse things than stopping at Torchy's for a taco on the way to the gym. But then the rest then- of the story goes, we went home. We never made it we to the gym. We did not go to the gym. The traffic piled up around where uh, Torchy's was. That's what you excuse. said. That's what you said. I, I, admittedly, I was you fucking over up. it. And I also, certainly a part of me was wanted to like stick it in your face. Like, look, instead we got a burrito and let's, no, I'm over <laughs> the gym to just add insult to injury when I'm the one that loses in that. It's what such a, a funny thing. What a baby. Thank you. What a little boy. Ah, do you get it? No. You have the baby that's a little boy. You do have the little boy. That's not me. Yeah, well, good thing the last <laughs> couple of weeks you've turned some corner and actually <laughs> believe me now. And then we went to the gym yesterday. Wasn't that yesterday? Yeah. Two days ago. Two days ago. Two for days the first ago. time. We went for a really <laughs> long walk today, which yeah. I was not prepared for, but uh-huh. we did it anyway. Yeah, so rest of the symptoms are just like tired and lazy. At least that's what I, mm-hmm. I'm just calling it lazy. I'm calling it what it is. And um, I kind of feel like I've been in the longest hangover of my life. <laughs> so at least all of the drinking in college prepared me for this. Uh-huh. And people keep telling me, oh, this glorious second trimester. You know, yeah. I'm I'm currently at 12 weeks. So the transition happens at thir- somewhere between 13 and 14. Mm-hmm. So... I'm not like holding on with intense attachment that I'm going to feel significantly better in a week or two, but I'd like to. Yeah. I'd like to feel, you know. It seems like past handful of days or maybe week, you've started to slowly turn a corner. Yeah. Yeah. I Mm. think it's, it was really intense pretty much all day, every day. And now it's the, I'm getting windows that are breaks and how intense it feels, but I still have a feeling pretty much all day, every day. The other Maybe last thing is the, what do they call it? Sympathy weight that a 
the man often gains. Well, because I ate two thirds of that burrito and then he ate the last yep. third. So just BT yep. dub. Like so, he went to Torchy's and he went mad about it and he still had the last couple bites. I'm not going to let that go to waste. Like, come on now. Yeah. So I think that there's something greater to that concept of sympathy weight. It's sort of merging my lifestyle and my habits with you. I think that's maybe the greater phenomenon that's at play there. And I have definitely noticed it is harder for me to get out of bed. I'm waking up way later and sleeping Because I'm more not consistently. forcing myself out. Exactly. This morning was one of the handful of times in the past couple of months where I was like, I'm getting up. I'm, I'm not going to do get this. Up. You do you, boo. Okay, baby. And I, I don't get even remember. Get your lazy ass up. Excuse me? <laughs> this you act was... like your body's producing another body or some shit. Come on. <laughs> I'm just like... Excuse me. It takes me a little bit longer to get up. I'm uh-huh. building a liver. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I'm calcifying bones today. So uh-huh. you just back up off me. You're so cute. Okay. Um, oh, sweetie. I was going to say something about the getting oh, up. No. Waking up in the morning, staying in bed. No. Sympathy weight. Oh, I hadn't had a donut when like a, like a traditional donut from a donut shop from like for like I, a wow. decade. I don't even know. Like an, like a real glazed donut yeah. from a donut like shop. Like a legit, unconscious as fuck, Ugh, deep old fried school, deep fried donut, donut. shop. Yeah. And I think since being pregnant, I've had the three times, two, three times. And I don't regret any of and it. And you, so like you're into it too, this keto bro. So he, he will donuts and pizza himself. are my two bugaboos. And I want them. I want them both. So good. I basically want, if you can dip it in ketchup, or it comes wrapped in a burrito, a flour tortilla. Come on. I want to eat it. Talk so the thing that me. I have had the most so far has probably been Chipotle. Yeah. All this it. talk of food, I must go eat right now. Yep. Um, so do you have any last questions for me before we're like done, done? No, I could say a million more things, but I feel complete. Okay. With this expression? With this expression. We're going to be moment. parents, y'all. My name is Jordan Marie Spottich and I'm done speaking. <laughs> How <laughs> politically correct for you. How clubhousey of you. Yep. Mr. and Mrs. Bowditch. Out. Have a baby Bowditch, baby, baby Bowditch on the horizon, and we're going to reserve the name for now. Oh, yeah. I don't know when we'll tell you what it is, but we, we do know what his name is. I wanted Jordan Jr., a.k.a. JJ. We're not doing that. We were never doing that. Um, I'm going to keep pushing for that for subsequent ones. But you aren't. Okay, so for subsequent ones. Yep, not for this one. But. All right, it's not going to win for them. So you know that them. that's not the name. So you know that's not the name. So Surprise. Check that one off the list. Surprise. All right, fam. It's been, I think my, my last bit that I've got for you, I'm speaking directly to you in your ear holes or in your car. Thank you for being so kind and gracious and um, the enthusiastic supporters that you have been. You know, I was a little nervous when we shared the pregnancy journey and miscarriage story and all of that. I was afraid that my like, boundaries or warnings of like how of what I was open to and stories and all like you all really listened to me and that felt so good and so you know going into this next like really vulnerable phase in our lives we are like we are so excited to share and it comes with some hesitation you know because we went through loss and because this is so new for us. And so, you know, receiving, going in and sharing and saying, okay, we, we're pregnant, pregnancy announcement and all of that. It comes with like, if I'm going to say this and I'm going to announce this publicly, I must then be prepared to receive 
a lot of information that I probably don't care to receive because us saying that we're going through this thing is very resonant Mm. for so many people. I just want endless people to shit on us right now. No. You should do this. You should like, do that. I remember when I was even telling a couple people that I was getting onto a podcast with where I'm like, okay, well, I'm recording with you and I'm, I've got a turkey chomps here that I'm going to be chewing on throughout so that I don't get nauseous. And, you know, pretty early on, like I would say, oh, and I'm pregnant, but I'm not going to say it on the show. And then they're immediately like, oh, well, in the hospital, you got to do this and you got to do that. And, and I'm just like, whoa. Chill, bro. I... Yeah, I just realized that what comes with this is being prepared and, and open to receiving a lot of that information that I may or may not want. Unsolicited advice. <laughs> and unsolicited advice. Though, I have a lot of faith in our relationship. I really do. Y'all know, I, we are doing this for the first time. And some of you have really beautiful, important things that you will share with me and us over this time that's really going to change the game for us, that is going to impact our lives in such magical ways. And so thank you. Thank you for how you are going to choose to show up for us and with us and celebrate our joy and celebrate probably our our fuck-ups, um, our breakdowns and breakthroughs. Nah, um, it'll be perfect. <laughs> not, not a possibility. So, um, yeah. And I, and I just wanted to share that, you know, that I appreciate you and thank you for how you've been with us in the past. And, um, and I'm so looking forward to having you all on this journey with us going into the future. So baby Bowditch, December, 2023. Let's go a little Christmas baby. Yeah. You know, well, he's probably going to come before Christmas and Christmas season. When that happens, we will complete the fire trifecta in our yeah. house as Jordan is Aries and Aries. I am a Leo and then little baby Bowditch we think is probably going to be a Sagittarius. I want you to know that I don't know what that means. He's going to be a fiery adventurer. Awesome. Okay. Like sporty and anyway, that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fam. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.